0: Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, for you are our rock and our Redeemer. Help me not speak plausible words of human wisdom, but words given by your Spirit that we might be challenged and changed and take on the discipline of a believer, a follower of Christ, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, many of you may not know it, but uh, in 1912, in 1912, Hellman's mayonnaise was manufactured in England. In fact, the Titanic itself had 12,000 jars of this condiment to be delivered to Veracruz, Mexico, which was to be the next port of call after New York City. This was to have been one of the largest shipments of mayonnaise to be delivered to Mexico in that time. But as you know, the great ship didn't make it to New York. The ship hit an iceberg and sank, and the cargo was lost forever. The people of Mexico, who were crazy about mayonnaise, were eagerly awaiting its delivery. They were disconsolate at the loss. Their anguish was so great, and they declared a National Day of Mourning, which we still observe today. The National Day of Mourning occurs each year on the 5th of May, of course known as Cinco de Mayo. (laughs) I'll give it a moment for that one to sink in. But then... Now I only not only have the excuse of uh, dad jokes, but now grandpa jokes. Okay, so I've gotten the ridiculous out of the way. Let's get back to the sublime. What a powerful testimony this morning, and it wasn't just for entertainment's sake. Uh, people stood up, and many of you stood up in your hearts, maybe not feeling comfortable being identified, but wanting to see a, a change happen in you through you Uh, have a a testimony for the power of God I remember being 14 years old and being confronted with the gospel and um, hearing a group at the time which was totally cheesy uh, but uh, typical to Christian music in the day glad was the name of the group remember glad and they sang uh, a song called lying And the lyrics went something like this, lying. I've been lying to myself all these years. I have no less hatred and no fewer fears. Suddenly I'm smiling. The Lord breaks in in such a way that the lies get dispelled. They get pushed away. They don't have control anymore. And yet in our flesh, somehow we get lured back by that dragon to take the ride again. And none of us wants to be on that ride. So we hear the scriptures today, and I pray they encourage you. Because they're intended to say we're on a path to grow into salvation. We're on a path to grow into salvation. God knows that we are silly. God knows that we're like sheep. We, we are led astray. We need a shepherd in Acts today, Um, they're headed from uh, Amphipolis to Apollonia. Hard names to say, thank you, Terry. Every time I see Apollonia, I I think of Abba, you know. Una Apollonia Blanca. (laughs) I'm just, it must be the day, Gary, for old songs, right? But no joke that that Song actually means a white dove. <laughs> Come Holy Spirit. So here they were. They were they were. It was post resurrection. And uh, in the book of Acts, Luke is writing an account of the travels of uh, the disciples where Paul was, you know, accustomed to, to go on the Sabbath into the synagogue. But there weren't a lot of synagogues outside of Jerusalem. There weren't a lot of places that were established, places of worship, and so they had to travel. And and for them to travel from Philippi to these words, (laughs) Amphipolis and Apollonia, um, it was about 100 miles. It wasn't an easy stint, but they, they made the trip over three days, and when they got there, they stepped into the place that they had a connection As Jewish brothers, they knew that there would be a natural connection, and they brought up the fulfillment of the prophets, the fulfillment of what was written in the Old Testament. And they began opening the scriptures and explaining, and it says here, and proving that it was necessary for Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead. The people of God in Israel were aware that there needed to be a sacrifice. There needed to be an atonement for their sins. They went through it ritually every year, and it became such a ritual that they lost not only the symbology of it, but the meat of what was supposed to be fulfilled in the coming Messiah. They just wanted a king, they didn't want a brother who would be slaughtered to symbolize the fullness of what was meant. Some of them were persuaded in this area uh, and joined Paul and Silas. I don't think their intention was, let's get converts and take them on to the next city. It was to share the truth. What happens when the truth is shared? When we share the truth, there's opposition. When we speak the truth, there's opposition. Opposition. Everyone wants to say, especially in this culture, yeah, that's your truth. I have my truth. You do your thing. I'll do my thing. But this truth is a truth that shines light that sheds darkness. Amen. It brings life to us. And it shouldn't be something that we hide. It shouldn't be something that we are concerned or scared about. And it's something that we don't have the fullness of, right? Do you know your scripture back and forth? Can you quote chapter and verse right and left thanks be to god for electronics like you can search anything today if i had this in seminary man that would have been so much easier (laughs) this jesus who i proclaim to you is the christ what does that mean in our culture today does it mean anything to people to say jesus is the christ For most people in our common culture today, it's a swear, right? We don't want to take the Lord's name in vain. But there's very limited knowledge of what it means for Jesus to be the Christ. And so it takes so much more for us to say, hey, God in his design wants for us to be free of the weight of sin and shame and doubt and fear and darkness. Do you want that for your life? then why don't you invite him in? It's a journey you won't regret, and it's not something that is like invasion of the body snatchers. He's not going to come and op- oppress you or possess you. He's going to come and love you. He's going to embrace you. He's going to transform and change you. Well, what was the reaction? The reaction by many of the people were to follow and, uh, and not even... Just a few of them, some of the women of the culture were following the Greeks as well. And the Jews were jealous. We haven't seen a congregation like that in years. These guys are going to take away our financial income. What happens when they take over the synagogues? We got to get them out. And so what they do is try to, instead of embracing with honor, if this is the truth, we better get on board. They say, we better get them out before they wreck a good thing. Before they mess with our dragon riding, right? Because if they mess with our dragon riding, then we will not have the chance to continue to live for our pleasure. So what did they do? They couldn't find him, so they went to the next best thing, Jason in his house. And they tried to track him down and drag him before the city authorities. Actually, at that time, Thessalonica was, was one of those uh, places where um, they, they had a, a, a crowd. It was a group at the city gate. Uh, it was literally, the, trans- the translation of the word means there was a, a crowd of leaders, gathered there and you could see how that works group think you set up you're angry at with somebody you put them before the the city leaders and you scream loud enough they've got to do something about it they've got to take care of business they were acting out against caesar isn't isn't caesar the only king not king jesus they're claiming him to be king so paul and silas got whisked away where did they go they went to the next nearest synagogue in Berea. And when they arrived in the Jewish synagogue, uh, they were more noble. And what made them more noble? They were seekers of the truth. Not just Jews to, to push their Jewish agenda, not just people of Israel to push what they wanted to push, but they were seekers of the truth. Because if God was the the holder of all truth then if this jesus is the messiah that truth should be known one thing that you should know about the bible and one thing you should know about your pastor and about the clergy of this place and about what it means to be a christian is when people push against christianity christianity can take it the scriptures can take it so ask your questions have your wrestling match Push hard on the word of God because it will not yield something that disappoints you. It's always going to yield the knowledge that gives you hope and peace and power and strength, not to wield over somebody else, but to simply say to somebody else, don't you want this power to transform in you? My testimony is that when I met Jesus, I yielded myself to him and I have not been the same since that's what these guys were exclaiming they were saying press hard on this examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so many of them believed and not a few greek women of high standing as well as men why was this such a marvelous thing that he had to say it twice well the synagogue was always filled with men There wasn't a place for women. There was a women's court, but there wasn't. The training, the education, and now somehow in the light of this new revelation, the new covenant in Jesus, women were hearing the gospel. And they were hearing their husbands having talked about the stories that were passed down from generation to generation to their families. They were even expected, as they are in church most times, to be the ones to Disseminate this knowledge, this, this information. And the husbands should have been stepping up because they were the ones that were educated. They were the ones that were hearing it firsthand, read in the synagogue. It was amazing that the women were having this revelation and following. So here they were. Many of them believed, as well as the men and the women. And the Jews from Thessalonica learned that the word of God was proclaimed by Paul and uh, at Berea. And they came there, too, to agitate the crowds. Remember, the word crowds was not just a word that was used for the people that gathered, but for the leaders that gathered. The Jews came and they agitated those who were in leadership and authority over them to denounce it. So it would be pushed aside. And as you probably know, the the truth has a way of revealing itself. You don't need to defend it. You just need to proclaim it. It doesn't need to be pushed on anybody. It doesn't need to be shoved down anybody's throat. It's an invitation. It's not a diagnosis. (laughs) Right? So what do we do about it? We have to have some discipline in our lives. We have to bring on some discipline to be able to to let the truth not only have space to live, but have it be a daily proclamation in our lives. How many of you can say that within the last 24 hours, you led someone to Christ? How many of you can say that within the last 24 hours, you had a conversation that led somebody into curiosity about Christ? couple okay this should be a house where hands are thrown high for both of those questions and it's not a condemnation it's just where are the opportunities how is God going to use me to share the good news just to share it just to say come and see check it out invite him in and let him do the work. It's not for me to convince you. It's not for me to twist you. It's not for me to pound it into you. It's not for me to take a Bible and beat you over the head with it. It's for you to begin the journey of discovery. The psalm today um, gives us an outline for how we have a disciplined life. Starts off, be joyful in God. Man, if I could just take that at the first sip of cup of coffee and say, be joyful in God. Usually it's like, good God morning. It's supposed to be good morning God, but it's good God morning. The, the scriptures give us a, a road map to, to how to begin our day. Have joy, marvel at his works, worship him in nature, in power, in majesty. Intercede for others we pray that God would bless others, that they would see, that they'd have eyes to see and ears to hear. We all have eyes and ears, but the scripture proclaims this magical thing again. Lord, may they have ears to hear. Well, they all have ears, but they're not hearing with the ears of their hearts or the eyes that are just visually taking in something, but not really seeing what the Lord's revealing. The psalm today shows us that we have to recognize that we have hope because there is a God who keeps his promises. What has he promised you? What has he promised you? You know, uh, one day, I, I've, I've said this a couple of times, but I'm going to say it again, just because things, good things are meant to be repeated. The Lord has promised me that I will see revival. Amen. And I used to believe that that revival was just simply uh, an event, I was going to see an outpouring. I was going to see a break free. Well, guess what? I've seen it. I've seen it again and again and again and again. Anytime that the Lord brings transformation, he's showing me that there's revival. I'm not waiting for it. It's here. And we become agents of revival when we get active in being joyful for ourselves first. Like, let's get our daily routine right Where we take this discipline, Psalm 66, if you just take it home and read it a thousand times this week. Be joyful in the Lord. Marvel at his works. Worship him in nature, in truth, in power, in majesty. Intercede for others. Give thanks because he keeps his promises and he will refine you like silver. How's that feel? Wonderful. If you let the world shape you, how's that going to feel? Like dragon scales. I'm beating this analogy. It's a perfect one. God wants for us to walk in his way in such a way that we are filled and transformed, supple and malleable like clay in the potter's hands. He's shaping us. It's a lifelong adventure. Of discipleship it's not over in a moment you haven't arrived you have nothing to be haughty or uh, judgmental about because you've arrived but humble and honorable and as Peter says in Berea they were noble because they received the truth and they were hungry for the truth they wanted more of it. They wanted to, to wrestle with it. They wanted to push against it to see how hard it would stand up. And I'm telling you folks, you can push as hard as you want and the scriptures will hold true. First Peter tw- 2 verses 1 through t- 12. I said Peter when I meant Luke when I was talking about Acts mm-hmm. a moment ago. You knew where I was going. Now I'm in Peter. Peter, after talking about repentance, says, now, post-repentance, here's where we are. Let's be in the discipline of putting away malice and deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Let's, like newborn babies, long for pure spiritual milk. Are you tired of fake news? I don't mean that in any political connection. I just mean it for the world. There's so much spin. There's so much twisting and manipulating. I mean, you are a market target. Do you ever feel like a market target? Just, just have a few more conversations around Alexa uh, through your Amazon thingy, and then all of a sudden you'll open your Facebook page, and it's advertising everything that you just talked about in your last conversations. You see in Peter, as he was proclaiming to these Gentiles and Jews, mostly to the Jews. As you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God, you are chosen and precious. You yourselves are like living stones being built up into a spiritual house. You need him as your foundation. You're called to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God. Scripture says, behold, I am laying a stone in Zion, the cornerstone, chosen, precious. We always have to come back to Jesus, right? We have to come back to that foundational point where we can say it will be a stumbling block. We understand that even though we stand on the stone that is, we have to show them that we're unshakable, unmovable, unoffendable, right? We have to be the ones that recognize that we're a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, that we are ones who have been called out of darkness, and now we walk in light. That's what our testimony on Easter was. That's what our affirmation today was. Today we, we have an example from a brother in Christ who recognize that he doesn't want to ride the dragon anymore, and he doesn't want you to either. And he knows the one who can heal that issue, that problem, whatever it is. Jesus is with his disciples and he's assuring them, and we hear the scripture often when people have passed, but it's for every day. Let not your hearts be troubled. My mom used to say, my grandmother used to say it as well. Worry's like a, gro- a rocking chair. It'll give you something to do, but it doesn't get you anywhere. And all you're doing is this. Worry, 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 worry. Anxiety, worry, worry, worry. Anxiety, worry, worry. More anxiety. Oh, worry, worry. Depression. Oh, worry, worry. And the cycle gets worse, right? And then we're no longer fit to do the tasks that we have to do in and around our day. Let not your hearts be troubled because God has gone to prepare a place for you. If it weren't so, why would I have told you? You've seen everything else that I have done, Jesus is saying to the disciples. You've seen it to be true. I'm revealing the Father to you. And the question comes, well, how do we know the Father? (laughs) And Jesus just smiled and, Shook his head. Because he's like, I and the Father are one. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Don't forget that. Everything that I have done, every miracle that I have performed, every word that I proclaimed, every prophecy that I fulfilled is for you to grow into your salvation. So, today, my friends, with a little humor at the beginning there, the silliness turned to the sublime. It's time for us to grow up. It's time for us to grow into the fullness of the salvation that we are called to. And it's going to take discipline. It's going to take you deciding that you're going to begin with the Lord one foot at a time, one pant leg at a time, one step at a time, so that you can live out his transformation in your life so I'm going to pray for you right now would you stand with me thank you Lord that we are not asking that you would invade us but that you would reveal to us the truth so that we could be followers of the truth and not confused by the ways of the world the flesh or the devil So I pray right now that you would bless this congregation. Give them the power to begin again, or maybe begin for the first time by saying, today is the day that I will seek and press hard into your truth so that it might reveal to me how I am to live and how I share this testimony with others. Let the truth set us free, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.